Start planning today and take that trip you've always wanted to. Every adventure gives you the opportunity to experience something new. Traveling will pay tenfold what you pay to actually do it. This is Inspire Beyond Borders, and we're here to help you see the world. Hello, everybody. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this. Jim, today I've got one of my friends on, Nate. He's going to be talking about Budapest in Hungary, so I hope you're excited for that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Nate, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to be on. All right. Let's just get down to it. Budapest, Hungary, it's the capital. It sits on the Danube. What were your first thoughts on choosing Budapest? My wife and I are kind of one of those people that just choose whatever is the cheapest. And so we have a tendency of just, well, not we. My wife has a tendency of going on like Expedia and just uh -huh. like scrolling. And so we, like one day we just ended up just like scrolling through and we found Budapest. It wasn't expensive at all. My wife and I are extremely frugal. We have like house and everything like that. We make sure that we have our money in order and everything. And like, it wasn't bad. I want to say three, $400 round trip, I think. Okay. Yeah. And so we lucked out with the flights and everything. And so we ended up going and that's, we just picked it out of nowhere. How often do you look at Expedia? Is this something you look at often or not so often you just got lucky? Or is it something you plan like, hey, we're planning to go in July. So let's start looking at deals and just just pick a spot. So whenever we choose trip, we don't always go off of when one, when the deals are because that's when you're able to save the most money is if you're like, this deal is for February in Iceland. I've never been to Iceland before. I'll take the shot. I'll bring a coat with me. All right. <laughs> At the same time, you get to go see somewhere that you've never been before with not a lot of money. It's kind of a no-brainer for us, actually. Perfect. You booked this trip to Budapest. How did you go about planning your trip once you decided that's where you were going? So we usually just kind of see what the biggest things that like everybody says that you got to go see. So we scour through all the blogs. Oh, you have to see these five things. If you're going to go to Budapest and you only have 24 hours, these are the things that you have to see. And so like we look at those things, but then we also do our own research, like going through each city really has their own website. So we kind of go in there, see what they're like known for, kind of go from there. So how long did you end up going to Budapest for? So we ended up going four days. Okay. And were there any special considerations that you had to take when you were going to Hungary, like get, making sure you could drive in the country, making sure, you know, you had X, Y, and Z in order other than, you know, the normal things, you got to have a passport? Well, the biggest thing is kind of figuring out where we are versus where everything else is. If that's close to the city center, if you got to take like a bunch of trains to get to the city center where the majority of like the tourist things are. So that's one thing that we really check on is like to see the distance of things. Okay. But other than that, it's just like I was saying earlier, just kind of going through and just figuring out what we want to see and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Okay. And what time of year did you go to Budapest? It was just this past May. Okay. May. Yeah. Cool. And you mentioned where you were staying now. Are you a hotel guy? Are you a, a hostel guy or, or Airbnb? What do you choose? 
So me personally, like I'll sleep on a rock. I I can fall asleep anywhere. Amen. My wife, on the other hand, she'd much rather somewhere that she's like halfway decent. She'll go for a hostel. It won't be her first choice, but she'll go for a hostel. But hotel, she's not crazy. I need a five star hotel. So we're kind of just like, as long as we have a roof over our head and a decent bed, we're fine. But we what we did is we ended up getting an Airbnb when we went to Budapest. Nice. How was it? It was cool. It was nice. It was the location was awesome. I want to say. 200 feet from like a mall there was public transportation not far at all so it gives you a little of the how like the the locals live which i guess is nice yeah exactly that's one thing that i like personally is just to have that kind of feeling of being from there in your little write up that you gave us you had mentioned that Budapest is or was two cities, Buda and Pest. So do you want to elaborate on that a little more just for people who maybe don't know the history of Budapest? It was actually three cities I just found out. So it was Buda, Obuda, and then Pest. And so they ended up 1873, I think it was like November. And ever since then, it's it's one city, but you can feel the difference between the two. You can tell that you're in Buda and you can tell that you're in Pest. Buda is more, I want to say like the confidential side. And Pest is more of like the party, like touristy side. Buddha does have like some of like the landmarks and stuff like that, but the majority of them are over in Pest. Would you say that the majority of your time was spent on the Pest side then? The things that we wanted to see were on the Pest side, but we still spent a decent amount of time over in Buddha because they had some of like the nice architecture and stuff over there. And it was more residential on that side. So like you kind of got to see their suburbs and everything. And their suburbs kind of looks a lot like home. So I was like, oh, this is this is crazy. You mentioned, Nate, that you could tell that you were in two different kind of parts of what's now the same city. What are some of those major things that cause those different feelings? I want to say on the Buddha side, it was more calm. You can tell it was more of like a residential side versus it being like Pest Side, right when you go over the bridge into the Pest Side, there's a casino right there. It's very touristy. You see the hop-on, hop-off buses all over the place on the Pest Side. Mm-hmm. But like on the Buddha Side, it only goes um, along the river. So you can tell in those aspects that they're different. Now, when you were talking about where you were staying and stuff before, you said that you like to kind of immerse yourself in the place that you're going and feel like you're one of the people there. So did you prefer Buddha over Pest? because it was more relaxed and less touristy or did you prefer past? Well, whenever I travel anywhere, I like always like doing something. I have to be moving around, see this, see that. So we were on the pest side, but we were kind of like in the residential side of the pest side in an apartment in like a big apartment building, but it wasn't like a home over in Buddha. Where we were is we were in that building, but that building was, I don't want to say close to city center, but it was a decent amount to city center. Okay. Now, you're a museum guy. Mm-hmm. This is what this is what you told me. So I have to know why a museum guy. Like that's your thing. Do you just like to go in and just catch everything you can? I just like seeing just different perspectives of things. For instance, our museum of fine arts is totally different from theirs, just because of the the people who are exhibited in those places. So you have different. Different types of the same type of art, but just from different perspectives, different sides of the world. You're seeing those things. And then, like, they have the Hungarian National Museum, and that was really cool. If you go to D.C. and go to those museums, it's like a smaller version of that. The buildings are just as big, but it's just the the scale of what they're talking about in those museums is like talking about the United States. And so 
I love the National Museum, the National Gallery, stuff like that really interested me. So, you know, some of the museums, particularly like in New York City, if you go to a museum, a lot of times it's like a donation that you're making. You you don't actually pay. And in Washington, D.C., you don't actually pay like a specific ticket cost. Is that something similar in Budapest or were you paying an exact price to get in kind of thing? Whenever we go anywhere, we end up getting those like hop on, hop off buses thing. Um, and it gives you the pass that you can get into like everything. So we paid for that. So uh, some of them, I'm pretty sure you had to pay. Mm. And I think it was between 16 and 18 euro. Okay. But of course, they have their they have their own currency, which really messes you up. But um, <laughs> but it, it's roughly about that. But so I'm gonna say the National Museum was about that much. Museum of Fine Arts is probably a little bit less. But like what we ended up doing is we get the pass beforehand. And that's $30, $45. And okay. we're able to see everything and go into any museum we want to stay for as long as we want. And they give you a certain time period that you have to see it. So we got the 72-hour one. And so that we were able to get on the hop-on, hop-off bus as much as we want. And then we're able to go to all the museums and stuff and see what we wanted to see. How do you go about getting that type of pass? Like, how did you find that? How did you know that that was something you could grab? I want to say since the first time I traveled, we took one of those buses. And so I just go right to Google and be like, hey, hop on, hop off bus in Budapest. And like it pops right up and we're like, oh, okay, cool. So they do have it. So we go there and just look and see how the prices are. We, I want to say nine times out of 10, unless we have a plan already, we usually get one of those buses. Out of all the museums, if you had to pick one, which one would you say most piqued your interest and people should see the most? I'd say the Hungarian National Museum. I felt like it just gave me a good perspective of Hungary as a whole. And they had some history in there, but they also had a lot of stuff that was more current. So that you're able to kind of see the past and the present. And then they had an exhibit at the end that you're able to see, like, I don't want to say the future, but you can kind of see things that they're developing in and like who their current politicians are and stuff like that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Gotcha. On the flip side, did you see any that maybe weren't worth going to or something you probably wouldn't recommend to someone listening to this? It all depends on what the person is into. The Museum of Applied Arts, some people are going to be like, yeah, I'm not going there. They have the Holocaust Memorial, and that was really cool. I'd like that, but some people probably not be into that. It's all about just kind of seeing what kind of piques your interest. If you go to their websites and stuff, they kind of give you small exhibits of what they have in there. And so you can kind of pick and choose from there. Knowing yourself and your interests, you didn't really run into any museums that you did not enjoy? No, not at all. Have you ever run into a museum that you did not enjoy? That's a good question. I'll, I'll answer that a little bit later. I'm not sure. Because I'm, okay. I'm, I'm into that stuff. So everything I go into, I always try to learn something. So I'm yeah. now every single place I go. In this next segment, Nate is going to talk to us about some of the logistics of traveling to another country, including transportation, food, and currency. So you mentioned the hop-on, hop-off bus, and we've heard a few people talking about these that have come on the podcast. Can you explain to someone who has never used one, which I never have, Jim, I'm sure you never have either, nope. what the advantages are to using these bus tours? I'd have to say rep the rip is the most tourist thing you could do. But it lets you see everything. So it lets you see the outsides of everything. Me, I'm really good with maps. My wife can't find her way out of a paper bag. 
But me, I'm really good with finding places. If I go somewhere once, I can get us right back there. I'm, I'm really good with that stuff. And it kind of helps me put the city into perspective, kind of seeing where everything is. On top of that, like I was saying, you're able to see all of the big things that Budapest is known for, all these cities are known for, and they stop at those places. And so when they stop at that place, whenever they stop and let people on and off or whatever, that's usually a place of interest. On top of that, they give you headphones on the bus, put on headphones and listen to like a recording, but it tells you facts and stuff about the city and what you're driving past, stuff like that. And it's it's helpful because a lot of the things I'm not able to pick up from the from the museum, like the weird facts on the bus. And then you're also, like I said, you're able to see the city really well. I've personally never had like a bad experience. You get on the hop on, hop off bus. As you're driving around, did it help you find something that maybe you hadn't seen online? Like, ooh, I, I got to see that. And it just it just piqued your interest? No, but so the buses have Wi-Fi. And so we were we don't we always put our phone on airplane mode whenever we go anywhere. And so the bus had Wi-Fi. So I was on Wi-Fi and I was just scrolling through Google, just like looking for like weird things. And I found this museum. I think it's called Museum of Selfies. It's like Selfie Central. You can go in there and take selfies with all these different full color rooms. So this one room is like completely pink, pink palm trees and everything. But it's the bus itself helps you be able to see where these things are. Since I know where I'm at, I'm looking and seeing streets to remind me. And so I was looking at the thing and I saw the street that it was supposed to be on. And so I was like, oh, I know that street. This museum's supposed to be on it. So we went and got off and went to there and everything. And it was it was really cool. But whenever you do have the hop on, hop up, you can take a look and kind of see where things are, like you were saying. For other people who maybe don't like the touristy aspect of the hop on, hop off, do you know any other modes of transportation that were available there? Yeah, they have a full public transportation system. They have trams, trains, and buses. It's very extensive. They have taxis. I'm not sure if they have Uber because we never ended up trying to get an Uber, but we got a taxi when we left the Sparty. But the majority of the time, whenever we were trying to go somewhere direct, we would hop on public transportation and then go there. Mm -hmm. Like the hop on, hop off bus goes on a route. So if you're trying to directly go to one place and this place you're trying to go is before that, you're going to have to hop on the bus and go all the way around and then make it back. But if you're able to just get on the public transportation, you can just go straight to where you want to go. It's very easy. The only piece of advice I would say is just take pictures. Take pictures of the names of things because it is in a different language and it can be kind of hard to navigate. But once you take pictures and once you start recognizing the name that you that your main stop, the stop that you got off on, stuff like that, then you'll be you'll be fine. Okay, perfect. And that's kind of a nice segue into my next question, which is how English friendly is is it over there like for travelers who maybe aren't adept at recognizing words in a different language? Mm -hmm. uh, we have people who, you know, can't even handle the English language, <laughs> let alone another language. <laughs> so how English friendly was it either speaking to other people or signs, whatever? Yeah, it's it's very English friendly. The signs, they had some English on it, some things. But at the same time, when it comes to like street signs and everything, they're majority the same thing. So you'll be able to tell, like, hey, this is a stop sign. But like obviously that, but like a lot of the signs it's in English. So you don't really have to worry too much about it. The public transportation that was in, that was in Hungarian. So that's why I took pictures and stuff to make sure that like I knew where I was. And then like getting a map and stuff. So you're able to 
getting the public transportation map so you can see where everything goes and like all the stops and everything. But to read everything, it wasn't bad at all. And people were very easy to talk to. If you try to talk to somebody and they couldn't speak English, if you go into a store and they can't speak English, they usually have someone else who's there who can speak English. So you, you don't have to really worry about much. Awesome. And now everybody's favorite thing when they go someplace, food. Countries usually have their specialties. So were there any special dishes that you tried while you were there? So I don't know the name. It was this cauliflower. It was a whole head of cauliflower and it was covered in hollandaise sauce on top of spinach and rice mixed together phenomenal it was so good i i have to find the name try to look everywhere for it but i can't find like the actual name of it it's so good i ended up eating a majority of it but it's a whole head of cauliflower so i couldn't get all the way through it okay but it was it was really really good now was this something you got at a restaurant or is this something like you could buy on the side on the street like a hot dog vendor or something like that we went to this mall and it was like this like small hungarian restaurant that was in there of course they had like mcdonald's or whatever and they had other places but then they had this like small like hungarian spot and i was like i'm gonna go there so i think it might be like more of like a sit down place that you would get it from it wouldn't necessarily be on the street but if you are to go and get it you won't be disappointed okay now was there anything notable on the street we've interviewed a couple people about different countries and obviously new york city has new york city hot dogs and peru we interviewed someone about and they had guinea pig on the street that you can get pretty easily was there anything that you noticed in budapest they didn't really have much on the street for food that i remember but then again like i was on i was on a hop on hop off bus a lot like kind of going to all these places and like kind of like navigating and stuff, but they had a lot of burgers everywhere, which was really weird to me. A lot of the restaurants had burgers. A lot of the restaurants had pizza. They had pizza and burgers were really everywhere. And it got <laughs> to the point I was like, all right, I'm American and like I like burgers and, and like pizza, but like this is kind of much. <laughs> but in the center of this, you're not going to find, you have to find like a hole in the wall place to get like a traditional Hungarian dish. Mm-hmm. We didn't end up going anywhere really, really traditional. Okay. But we ended up just going to like random restaurants they had around. So they had, they had this one barbecue place, which I'm like, how are you? Never mind. I wasn't even going to ask questions. <laughs> um, it, was, it was decent. But we ended up just going to places like that were around that had just different foods. Like I didn't want to have pizzas and burgers all the time. So one place that went to a steakhouse one night and just go to like different places. Now, did you try the chimney cake? I did not try the chimney cake. I heard that's super famous there. Now I'm going to have to make a note of it to go back and try the chimney cake. You mentioned briefly they don't use the euro. So that's something that maybe a traveler might want to consider because a lot of people, they assume the majority of Europe use the euro. So how was exchanging currency was it a problem did you you have to find a bank what did you end up doing so we had a layover at first so we ended up going to heathrow and we ended up changing our money to euros there and then we ended up when we got to um hungary we ended up changing our money in the airport from euros to i think it's the krone so we ended up changing over to there and the exchange rate's ridiculous i guess one dollar is 300 and something of their of their krone but their prices are roughly the same. So their prices are like 1,500 chronos, and that ends up being $5. You know what I mean? The number that you're seeing is just a lot higher. So now I'm imagining you holding all this money. Is it, 
is it kind of like the bills are just astronomical numbers or are you literally holding like piles of money in your hand? The bills are just astronomical numbers. Yeah, they had a 10000 which was like a $50 bill or something out there. We ended up only switching over a certain amount of money because okay. I have, I personally have the JetBlue credit card. This is not a plug. I have a JetBlue, <laughs> JetBlue credit card for anywhere overseas. You don't get any overseas fees or anything like that. So we use that and it shows up automatically on our um, on our statement. So anytime we use and it does the conversion as well back to dollars all within the credit card. So oh, we didn't really have to worry about too much. So we switched over some money, but then like anything above that money we ended up using, we just used the card. In this segment, Nate is going to take us to a party in a spa, which they call a sparty in the thermal baths of Budapest. This segment does talk about drinking and partying in a pool. So if you want to skip ahead because the kids are listening, head on over to about the 25 minute mark. Single ladies, single men, we're about to hear about the sparty <laughs> in the Shechenyi thermal baths. Tell me all about it, Nate. During the day, it's just a bunch of older people and everything. They they just hang out because it used to be like a huge like hangout spot before. But then apparently, I guess these kids had the greatest idea of calling it the Sparty and making this huge party out of it. So, Aaron, I'm pretty sure you remember spring weekend, right? Of course. So it's like spring weekend times 10 in a huge hot tub kind of bad though because they're giving away drinks like it's nothing but the drinks with the hot water like it's eh. but at the same time i had an absolute blast so there's different levels of tickets the ticket that we ended up getting was the most expensive one only reason why is because they give you a little room that you can put all your stuff in it's like your own separate changing room so you get that and then you get two drink tickets and one drink ticket is either one mixed drink or two beers. So, of course, I went the two beer route. And then my wife doesn't drink like that, so I got her two tickets too. It was a great time. So it sounds like maybe going to the bath during the day is more for just seeing what it looks like. And going to the bath at night is probably for the younger crowd and if you're looking to have a little more spontaneous fun. Correct. So, Nate, uh, you said that there were different levels of tickets. Do you remember what the most expensive one was that you got? Eighty dollars, I think. You said that it was. You know, you're you're typically a pretty frugal guy, so you'd say that it was definitely worth getting that. Yes, because where the bath is, it's in the middle of the big Central Park they have. Mm -hmm. So once you're going around the city, you'll see the big Central Park where two of the museums are kind of like facing each other, and then there's this big. I don't even know what to call it. It's like a big open space in between. It's not grass. It's like cement. That's the start of the Central Park or whatever. Uh -huh. But when you get deeper in there, that's when you get to the baths. And so we weren't that close to it. So we needed to kind of put regular clothes on if we're walking through the city. We were able to put all of our stuff in one of those rooms and just do what we wanted to do. We could have our phone on us if we wanted to. If we don't want it with us, we could put it in the room. We don't have to have it on us the entire time. Did you go in the pool? Yes, I did. Was it like uncomfortably crowded? Was it just like, you know, normal going to a bar crowded? Was it like what what level of crowdedness would you say there was? I want to say it was like normal bar crowded over where we were. We were over like close to like the steps and stuff. And there was like a lot of open space over there. 
But then they had this big DJ. There was a ton of people that were over in front of the DJ. And so over there is like a crowded bar. Actually, over there is like a nightclub. It was crazy. Over where we were, it was pretty open. We were able to like kind of like hang out, hang on the side. I could like stretch out. Like I didn't, ha- I wasn't really like worrying about like knocking anybody's drink out of their hand like that. Okay. It was good, comfortable. I'm looking at pictures and it looks like just a big crazy, you know, college party, kind of like a, any college's spring weekend, like you mentioned. Yeah. You're more mature than you were in college, I'm assuming at this point. Was it yeah. annoyingly like college, like a bunch of annoying drunk college kids, or was it just like a good time? No, it was a good time because like, okay. because they had so much room that you didn't have to be in the crowded area if you didn't want to, mm-hmm. but you could hang out on the side and like do what you wanted to do, hang out, just drink a couple of beers. But then you also had on the other side that you had the um, huge nightclub side that if you really wanted to get into it, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it both during the day and at night or just at night? I just saw it at night. Okay. Dude, where'd you get your tickets? Was that something you just Googled again and, and got them on there? Or? It was right online. I forget how we ended up finding it in the first place, but we saw it. We were just like, what is this? And we just kept like digging more into it. And we were like, wait, this is this looks like a lot of fun. So we ended up doing it and no regrets whatsoever. I ever went to Budapest again in a heartbeat, I would pay for it again. In this next segment, Nate will tell us all about the beautiful architecture across Budapest. You also saw the Hungarian Parliament building, which is a beautiful piece of architecture. Sitting on the Danube, did you just drive by it? Did you go up? Did you take a picture in front of it? Did you go inside? Since it's right on the Danube, like we ended up not having to go inside because we were over on the, the Buddha side. And you could see it really well from that side. And it's mind-blowing just looking at it from the other side. Because if you look at look at it up close, you obviously can... All right, yeah, it's a really big building. But once you look at it from across the river, it completely changes perspective on it. And it's really cool. Like we, we were on the other side looking at it for a good half hour to 45 minutes because it was so detailed and just so much to it that we ended up just spending a lot of time there. Now, did you see it? During the day, at night, both? We saw it uh, during the day and we saw it at like dusk. Nice. And was it lit up when you were viewing it around yeah, dusk? Yeah, lit up. The sun was starting to set, so it didn't go up yet. But then once it got a little bit darker, then it went up. But nice. we weren't in front of it on the other side where we were before. But it, it eventually like went up, lit up and everything. So probably best to view it from across the river so you can really see it in its full glory yeah exactly and then on the buddha side you go up the hill a little bit you're able to see the uh, parliament building really well you're able to get like some really cool pictures nice now did it ever cross your mind to maybe do like a river cruise to get a view of the city or was that not something you considered not really the danube does go through buddha impasse But it doesn't really go into the city. You just kind of go along the river. There's not really much. Once you go along on the bus or whatever, you don't really need to see anything up close that's on the river. It's nice to go there, hang out, especially sunset stuff. It's it's nice to see everything, but it's not anything that, oh, you must get a river cube. All right. So another one of the tourist spots you ended up was uh, St. Stephen's Basilica. Yes. What was that like? So it's really cool. They actually, when we went there, they had this art exhibit that was hanging out outside of it. And so like we got to hang out there and look at that a little bit. But it's the architecture alone, just in all of Budapest, is really good. 
I want to say one of my favorite places architecture-wise, just like all the detail, all of the different colors that they've used through all the stone and everything. It's it's very, very nice. We didn't go inside because it was closed every time that we went. But it's nice that if you're looking at a picture of St. Stephen's Basilica and you're looking at it from the front, if you were there and you turned around, it's a very nice main street. So they have all the tourist places where you can get like souvenirs and stuff. But they had restaurants on both sides. They had all these different types of foods, different types of snacks. Everything was all around. It's really nice. And you said there was a little art exhibit outside going on. Was it amateur people? Was it, you know, more professional stuff? It was more professional stuff. I didn't really look too much into it because it was like, I think they were saying it was like sort of zoo because they were just taking pictures of animals and they had it in glass and had it, I want to say, probably like six feet high and like just a bunch of different animals in this glass and stuff. And I was like, this is different, but it's it's cool to see. Like live animals? Not like live animals. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just just making sure. <laughs> it was uh it was just normal, um just normal pictures and stuff, but it was it was awesome. Okay. So did you only see St. Stephen's from the front? Did you kind of walk around, make your way around and see all kinds of angles of it? Yeah, we saw all angles of it. So if you look at the front, we went along the right side and we saw that side a lot because it's one of the streets that comes from the main street comes to the side of the building. So you have a good view of like when you're walking down that street of St. Stephen's Basilica. So it's it's really like I said, it's like really nice, really detailed. If you plan on going to Budapest, St. Stephen's Basilica is definitely a go to. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay. And did you get there via the hop on hop off? Yes and no. So St. Stephen's Basilica is kind of in the middle of this main street area. So you kind of have to get off at a stop that's outside the main street area and then walk there. But it's not like a long walk. I want to say five, ten minute walk. If you were able to go in, was that part of the that pass that you got? Or would that not have... Would it Was it just free to go in? I'm pretty sure it was just free. Okay. But I think we just missed the times of like going there and getting in. After just looking at a few pictures here of St. Stephen's, like you said, the architecture is amazing. And right. It's crazy. It's crazy because you, you think of like all these basilicas and cathedrals all throughout Europe. And, you know, one is just more breathtaking than the next one. It's, it's amazing yeah. to see how that is. So Buddha Castle, this interests me because judging from the pictures, it's Again, stunning. Architecture is amazing, but it looks massive. Like, it, it doesn't look like your normal, standard European castle. This just looks like a huge building on top of, like, a, a maybe a little hill. Could you maybe touch on that a little bit? Yeah, there's no words to really explain it besides it's, like, huge. When we went and, like, I didn't expect for it to be that big because I've seen pictures and everything. Like, we've seen everybody's pictures of it. But when we actually went to it and saw it, it's the White House times, like, four. Okay. Like, it's huge. Just, like, right on top of the hill. Like, it's it's really big. It's, like, it's really grand. Like I was saying before, the architecture in, hung- in Hungary is just like awesome. And that really kind of just added to it. You can tell it's a very professional building, but you can tell that they really wanted to prove that Budapest and Hungary is like a very architecturally sound city. When you went to Buda Castle, did you go all the way up to the castle itself? Did you walk around? Yeah, we ended up going all the way up. You could go up pretty close to and kind of see some things. And then there was sometimes that that you were able to kind of get in and just see everything. 
we actually got to go in and see everything. I didn't, we didn't stay long because we ended up having to run because we had like plans for something. Okay. But we didn't stay long and we were going to go back, but then we got pulled away. We actually ended up doing like a side trip in Austria, but that's a, that's a different story. <laughs> so we were able to go in a little bit, but not much. So I don't really remember much, but just the building alone was just like I was saying, like Budapest, like alone, but just with the architecture is just awesome. There was just so many things that kind of made it stand out from all the other places that I've seen. And like, I've personally, I've been to 19 countries and I want to say Budapest is my favorite for architecture by far. When I had read what you had done in Buddha Castle, and when I first searched it, the, my idea of a castle, obviously thinking it was, you know, smaller kind of rundown. And this is the complete opposite. One of the yeah. biggest build, one of the biggest buildings I've ever seen. And it is, like you said, stunning and, and beautiful. Did you get a chance to get up to like some of the garden areas or were you just kind of walking on the outside? We were mainly just walking on the outside, but they had like the opportunity that you can go around and it was, it was really nice. The parts that we're able to see from when we were like walking in and out, the back of it just goes on for a very long way. Now, if you had the time, how long do you think you could have stayed at the castle and looked around and walked around if you were there and like stayed, yeah, I could have been there for at least a good three hours. Okay. There's so much going on there that you could definitely like, I don't want to say get lost there, but you can definitely be there for a long time. In this last segment, we will wrap up Nate's trip to Budapest and talk to him about the advice he can give to listeners who would like to go to Budapest in the future. Looking back you know, what is one thing you might change from your trip to make it better if you had to choose something? Try the chimney cake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I honestly don't think I would change much. I'm the type of person that likes to constantly move and like see everything. And I felt like how much we were seeing in the day and how much we were moving, like it was a decent amount. And so like I, I enjoyed myself. If someone were leaving for Budapest tomorrow, what would you say they couldn't miss out on? The Parliament Building, St. Stephen's Basilica, and then the, the thermal bath. You have to go. There's like a bunch of them throughout the city, but the one that starts with the S that I cannot pronounce if my life depended on it, that one's like the main one. One thing that we like to ask all of our guests is, this is for people who maybe don't travel so much. Sounds like you travel a lot. What's one tip you could give to somebody who maybe doesn't travel a lot and wants to start getting into the travel game? Just hop right into it. When I first went on my first international trip, like I was real hesitant. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? If you're going to constantly keep saying, no, I'll do it later. Like you're not going to go. But like if you just take the take the shot, you know what? Like I'll do it. And then just do some research. Do some research about it. Kind of see things that you want to see. If you're nervous about how it is at night, look that stuff up. All that stuff is up, up is on, on the internet. You don't really have to worry about too much. Like if you just look it up and just do your research beforehand, then you're golden. All right. You saved me because I forgot to add on the normal part of that question, which is besides just do it. <laughs> and then, But then you followed it up with that research part. So that's great advice for for our listeners. So thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. Lastly, what is one tip you would give to someone who plans to travel to 
to Budapest. Get a map of the public transportation. It literally goes everywhere within the city, goes to all the places that you want to go to. And like a lot of the places, like if you look up online, a lot of the places that you're looking to go to have on their website what stop is closest to them so that you can look on the map and be like, okay, cool, this is where this is. I'm only two stops away. And so you're able to go to these places very quickly, get to see everything you want to see. All right, we had some audio issues there at the end with our goodbye to Nate. So we just want to take this time right now to thank Nate for coming on to the podcast. It was excellent having you on here. Great interview. You really provided some great insights to Budapest. And we hope that we inspired some people to actually check Budapest out as a possible travel destination. If you are inspired to travel to Budapest and you want a little bit more information on the city, you can head on over to this great blog that Aaron and I found called outofoffice.blog. They have a couple postings on there about Budapest. First is 50 things to do in Budapest, Hungary, bucket list experiences. And then the second is 48 hours in Budapest, a two-day itinerary. So they have some really great ideas, and you can head on over there to start planning your trip to Budapest. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Inspire Beyond Borders. Stay tuned after the outro to have some outtakes about those wonderful chimney cakes that we kept laughing about during the episode. And as always, don't forget to follow us at Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Time out, time out, time out. What happened? Your wife just texted me a picture of this chimney cake, Aaron. What the hell? Why didn't you try this? This looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me see it. Oh, I saw that. I didn't try it. My sister-in-law tried it. And, and like she kept giving me like like a piece of it. And it's like, it's like I don't want to say cinnamon. It has like cinnamon on it. It's like, it's hard. It, it's, it's like, how do you explain it? It's like fried is it like a cone? It's a cone, and it's like fried dough that okay. um, that on the outside it's like harder, but like on the inside it's like soft.